0: It's a family matter The casualties after the intergalactic battles This little child slept through If life is a story, the mine is a saga And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long
1: enough if they let you Welcome back to another episode of Brian K-Pod only podcast dedicated to the work of comic book author extraordinaire Brian K. Vaughn, specifically breaking down his series Saga with artist Fiona Staples issue by issue that is also hosted by myself, Spencer.
0: And me, Logan. That's
1: right. All those caveats make us the most singular Brian K. Vaughn podcast <laughs> on the internet. Uh, every week we go over a single issue of Saga until we get to a break, like in a graphic novel collection. So usually about six issues, then we take a break uh, and then do some collected work of Brian K. Vaughn. We did uh, the, uh, the the series or the mini series Private Eye, the collected edition a few weeks ago. You can find that uh, episode where you find podcast uh, where you found this podcast, really, if you're listening, right, um, and uh, in a few weeks we're going to be doing uh, Dr. Strange the Oath, uh, you know, in honor of the up Doctor Strange movie when we break from Saga but currently uh a first Saga we are on I'm all messed up on my numbers for whatever reason but I'm going back I'll have it in a second we're on chapter nine uh, issue nine of Saga for whatever reason I kept thinking it was eight and I knew it was wrong as I was <laughs> thinking it um so we're on uh, chapter nine uh what I call the biggest fake out of uh of comic bookdom in the opening few
0: pages I mean I don't know uh, if it's the biggest of all time but it's certainly... Look,
1: here we go, here you go. In honor of our podcast, the biggest fake-out of all time that we are covering on a podcast about Brian K. Vaughn.
0: There you go. <laughs> um, before we get into the issue, I do want to read something that was in the letters column of this issue.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: All right, so I'm going to try to do this as quickly as possible. This is what he wrote for, um, I believe it was issue seven. The, the first issue where Marco and his mom are on the planet and we see everything. This is his breakdown to Fiona Staples. Okay. Page 16, Splash. I'm These are his words. I'm so sorry, but it's time for a psychologically scarring Splash page. Fiona, feel free to take this monster in a completely different direction if you'd like, but my idea was to create the absolute last thing I'd like to encounter while hanging out with my mother. So yeah, pull back so that Marco and his mom are just very tiny figures on the ground in the foreground of this shot. Looming over them is our roughly 70 feet tall monster, the naked giant. The naked giant is pretty much what he sounds like, a creature who's too huge for any clothes to fit him. This unfortunate. This is unfortunate because I'm picturing picturing the naked giant being a very fat humanoid creature, one whose big head seems to have sunk directly into his corpulent body. He has three bloodshot eyes and a giant mouth filled with multiple rows of rotting teeth. His weapon of choice is a club made from a giant leg bone, which I didn't catch that. I, I don't know if we brought it up. Taken off the. I knew it was a bone. Yeah, taking taking off the rotting corpse of another giant he ate a few weeks ago. (laughs) But I like (laughs) this. But like I say, the most horrific attribute of the naked giant is the fact that he is indeed nude. Despite his size, the giant's flaccid penis is rather small and is mostly lost in a dense of wiry pubic hair sadly and I promise I hate to type this his testicles are not small instead they are like two massive wrecking balls suspended in a wrinkly sore pocked scrotum that dangles all the way down to between the towering giant's knees no wonder he looks so angry this moment should hopefully feel more viscerally disturbing than outright silly Fiona so please play it relatively straight if you think that's even possible here and that's I mean, the way he broke up that, that scene. <laughs> so this is all, his, that was all his doing. But I say that to say, I, I swear to God, after reading that, I felt like the first page of this issue was not written by Brian K. Vaughn. It was actually written by Fiona Staples because it is a woman holding a gun pointed out at the the reader or author saying, honestly, what is wrong with you?
1: <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> oh man. Um the tongues coming out of the belly buttons are the detail that stick out most to me on that front page.
0: Not the uh dildo shaped clubs that they're planning on beating him with.
1: <laughs> Clearly did not notice that's what those were until you just said it did not catch that at all i noticed they were pink it did not occur to me to take it another step
0: they're very phallic
1: yeah well yeah but i didn't catch i didn't catch
0: that um no i mean i'm sure that's all him too but (laughs) when i finished the issue you know i do like to read the letters and somebody was talking about that scene and he was like well just in case you ever wondered here's what i wrote um, and that's what she illustrated. <laughs> and I was like, oh holy shit, this first page is a definite response to that. <laughs> okay.
1: So we are in we are deep in already into saga. Um so last last we left our adventurers, <clears throat> we met Gwendolyn, the famous ex fiance of Marco. Um and we had a seahorse, and we found out they were on an egg, and it was all exciting. Um, this
0: uh, has nothing to do with any of that,
1: except wow. for Gwendolyn.
0: Except for Gwendolyn.
1: So this this is the path of of Gwendolyn, and and uh, and what's what's going on there? It's very interesting. This is like one of those um, episodes of television that take a total left turn, but it works. Um, it is not quite like. Boba Fett, because that doesn't work, because it makes you feel like you're in the Mandalorian TV show. Um, but maybe like an episode of Breaking Bad or something, where they just take a total left turn and focus on one character for an hour. But it still is in the world, right? That's that's like it just kind of it's a left turn. It's all focused on two characters, the Will and um, and Gwendolyn, and um, and a, and a little bit of course the the slave girl. Um, and so um, anyway,
0: so, very uh, interesting. Few episodes ago, you talked about spoiling a character that you thought was dead. I'm assuming you meant yeah. the stalk.
1: Yeah, and this total fake out that totally annoyed me, but it was also really well done. And I was, I was mostly like, "How did I fall for it?" Once it happened, I was like, "How? Why did I think this is what was happening?" I mean,
0: we clearly saw her like with a hole in her chest, but well, they, you they clearly see her with a little yeah. stitches. Like, but they go so far as to, like, it's not even a dream where he imagined she was just never really, like, severely injured. They stitch up her chest and everything. And you're like, oh, holy shit, the stalk is still alive. They've teamed up. They're going to rescue this girl. Like, I hate these two people, but also this is kind of awesome. And then it's like, oh, no, it's it's a dream. It's absolutely a dream.
1: So so yes so okay so let's start with the cover because the cover was the first thing that made me go really interesting and then the follow up, following up uh, third page of the issue was is like oh my gosh she's back um and a character again like you just said she's not like a good person I'm not necessarily it's just an like she was so well designed and then to have her go away was a bummer um, but it's very romance novel. The front cover the will's all in his uh just his pants only and like i love how she's like she's got a finger in his mouth almost like he's biting his own. like it's kind of like a come hither i'm biting my own lip or, like biting my finger oh, yeah. but it's her finger it's like such a cool like they're all just wrapped up in each other um and it's very like it's very hot <laughs> like like they're just like weird hot human alien things going on. Um, It's a cool cover. I'm just going to say once again, another cool cover, maybe one day we'll not have that to say, but so far, you know, nine for nine. She's, she's hitting home runs.
0: Yeah. I, I, I've always liked the covers, but I feel like there are definitely some that there's one that stands out because I've seen the issue everywhere where it's a Mm -hmm. character like on a horse like, it looks very westerny, y and yeah. I, that one stands out as a cover that I just wasn't, like, super impressed with. Like, it just felt very basic, but we'll get there eventually.
1: It's funny. That's the one I actually called out as being, like, issue 25 for 25 cents, which was totally wrong. Only DC and, like, Marvel are that basic. Um, it's, like, issue 43 or something like that, and it was 25 cents. I have that issue. <laughs> um, but um, That's why but- I
0: see it everywhere, because it was 25 cents. <laughs>
1: exactly um and so um anyway that's not that's neither here nor there but um man i got a frog in my throat um much like uh, the the stalk actually has a hole in her chest <laughs> so okay so i love i love your commentary on the front splash page those little Chesty goblin dudes, I'm not a huge fan, but there are funny details. I love the tongue coming out of the belly button.
0: It's just such an interesting design. Like they don't have heads. Their eyes are in where their nipples should be, but they do kind of have heads where their junk is. Like it's just such a weird design.
1: <laughs> I do like how one like so one of them, their their mouth is like in a frowny face, like an actor face, like like the acting, like uh, the theater, like sad face and tragedy comedy faces, right? Yeah. Um, and but the other one is uh, more like a flashlight, and that's why uh, that's what it is. Uh, it looks like, <laughs> and so it's all very, it's very funny, it's very uh, awkward and weird. Of all the details, I, I do think it's very funny that their their nipples are eyes, but that they, they still have eyebrows.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so yeah so all very funny very interesting uh, stuff going on the front page but we so we spend Let's see how many. Let's see. It's we've got 123455 pages of uh, what we come to find out is and I should say spoiler for the series. Up to this point, I have not read ahead. Um, I have. We're almost to wherever I was when I read years ago, Um, and so I'm about to come into total, but I've forgotten everything. I thought the stock was back here. I don't remember stuff, but uh, I'm fresh. Logan has read it all up to the new batch Has not read those yet. it started at issue fifty-five. Just for that. So, spoiler alert for the whole book. We're going to talk about it. So, the first five pages, all dream sequence. Um, and I'm going to be honest. I just, like I said, I fell for it. Uh, hook, line, and sinker. Um, I, I liked how, like, I was like, she's got every kind of weapon, and then she used a samurai sword out of nowhere. And like, it is,
0: it is like a late '80s, early '90s, like cinematic action movie anti-hero like all of that just like balled up into these like five or six pages where you're just like yes this is awesome (laughs) and then
1: and then and so like yes it is it's all just it's all just fantasy stuff right it's all just like the the playing on the playground version of how would you solve this problem what is the fantasy um and and um I just think it's all very good, very well done, especially because it is ultimately not real. It's even better. Um, but my favorite thing is that when she asks the little girl, her real name, she says, God, and i immediately went this is super ominous and weird like i'm still buying the the trick right and then i'm like wow this could be so cool and then she's got this creepy face and i'm seriously all in on it i don't catch that it's lying cat's eyes like i don't catch that and i'm like what is happening and then i turn the page and it's like the hissing cat fake out it's so jarring
0: <laughs> oh yeah it, it is it's uh yeah it's a great like opening and i mean it worked on you i I mean it still works on me and i knew she was still dead and i'm like this is such a good sequence Um,
1: i think that's the thing is like even if it's not um even if it's not real right it's the dream sequence works so well it really um it's it it speaks to the Will's desire, all of his desire. It is his innermost workings right now. He wants to save this little girl. He wants his girlfriend back, and he wants to, like, smile, right? Um, and because he's got this great smile when he's holding uh, the little girl and says, this is my friend's talk. You can see a smile. I bring that up because there's a smile later on that I yes. really enjoy.
0: Um, such, uh, that I can't wait to talk about that moment.
1: Okay, so we're going to get there. So, yeah, so any other thoughts? Mostly I just think this is such an iconic – like, like, a hero moment that is made better
0: because it's not real. Yeah. Um, I love that that they actually spent, I mean, this is a twenty twenty two page, maybe, book. Mm-hmm. And we spent a, almost a quarter of it on stuff that isn't even remotely real. You know, that might have some, some meaning, like, to the character subconsciously and show you where he's at, but that's a lot of time in a short book to spend on something that ultimately doesn't matter that much. Cause you kind of already know where he's at. So it, it's just, I also feel like it's Brian K. Vaughn like trying to have his cake and eat it too, because you know, they, they don't strike me as ever going back to like, Oh, we're going to do now. We're going to do a series when this is over about the previous adventures of the well and the stock you know I, I just don't think they're going to go back to the well so yeah. we can get a taste of kind of what that was like and also you know put us better in his headspace. so it, it just i love that, that they spent so much time with it
1: no i'm, I'm i totally agree i think that um it's uh yeah, all that you said. I'm just, I'm just gonna yes and and move forward instead of trying to <laughs> rehash what you just said. It's all accurate, and I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, one thing I noticed recently that I did not know, because as I think people are getting the picture, I have not bought single issues of this throughout the run of the book, um, and so I getting the most recent issues, I realized the book is still only like two ninety nine, which is really impressive.
0: When it, it's yeah, it's a, it was a sticking point for him. You know, modern books are 4 to $5 now. Um, yep. And he adamantly was like, we are going to do absolutely everything we have to do to keep this book at $3. Um, mm-hmm. Including, you know, I'm, I imagine their profits from the book have lessened as paper costs has gone up and, you know, distribution has created... I won't even get into all of that, but probably created lesser profit margins as companies, you know, find other distribution houses. Um, you know, those deals I'm sure have impacted the creators. And he's pretty adamant that this is going to be a $3 book until it's done.
1: It's pretty cool. And so I did not know all that. So I'm glad I thought you might know something. And there you go. So I thought that was cool. And so I think that only heightens the idea that they would spend the valuable real estate on a book. And this is in the infancy of the book. We're so young into the series, not even a year old at this point. Um, So it's not incredibly shocking um, that this is where um, this is, this is. Where they could take those risks. But in the long term, if you know that's the plan, that's impressive to take five pages and give it to a dream um, that really just builds character in the end. It just builds the character of the will, nobody else, because everybody else is in his imagination. Um, and it makes you, it, and I think it solidifies that he's not just a side character of little consequence. Um, and that's pretty cool. So, anyway, th- there you go. Um, but he wakes up and he's on a beach. And he's, you know, he's his lion cat is not happy with with him or in general. Um, but we find out that's because he's got a visitor. Talk I, to us about this visitor.
0: Go ahead. Well, I want to ask you first: Do you think he intentionally fell asleep on the beach? Like he's maybe like a hundred yards, maybe not even that far from his ship. Surely his ship. I sort has of wonder if he's drinking. Quarters, right? <laughs> if he just got drunk on the beach and passed out. That's so, kind of what I think. Or maybe he got drunk in the ship and then walked out on the beach and passed out. Good thing yeah. he didn't drown. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's our second meeting uh, of Gwendolyn, and she's basically just poking the will and antagonizing the shit out of him, which immediately makes her, much like the will and the Stark, kind of endearing, but also you know that you are you can't like this person. Um, and then she continues to go on and make herself even more endearing throughout the whole issue <laughs> Like it's incredible um, it, Specifically because you talked about uh, the, the Star Wars connection And how they kind of just pulled this idea and riffed on it in the Star Wars comics with Han Solo um, It took multiple issues for that character uh, Sena to mm-hmm. be uh, like to mean anything, and it really, for me at least, it wasn't until they got away from the like, oh, this is Han Solo's ex-wife, fiance, whatever, yeah. that I was like, oh, I kind of like this character, and it really had when nothing she, were, to do when with she the...
1: interacted with Afra, I think, is when she really
0: yeah, and it had nothing him. to do with the the fake out marriage b- BS. Yeah. Like, there it, it was a decent enough plot, but they just weren't doing a good job of selling her as a character, and here Brian K. Vaughan, in an issue, like I, I'm all in on this character, like I can't wait for the reunion, like what the hell is that gonna be? You know, when she finally yeah. sees Marco again, she's going to, like, stab him through the chest. Like, there's no... You know, and it's just just more proof positive of what an excellent storyteller he is. So,
1: no, you're, you're right on. I, I totally agree. I do like the the first two lines. So you're with the "your" part in bold. So you're the deadliest freelancer money can buy. Then the next <laughs> and panel, and, she, and, and and her her furrowed brow, the eyebrow work in the series is so good. Um, but she says, uh, even on the the creatures with the eye nipples. Um, she says this is why I never trust reviews and so there's just this great one 2 punch um, and and I, I like that. It's like this. This is her character. Um, I'm enjoying that. Um, and then. Um, I do like how then immediately we start getting into her her facade of prestige, right? And and how she's I'm from this highest council, blah blah blah, or high command. And and um but that also leads him into sort of reminding us, the readers, about the translation rings because she has got a pendant um, that used to be part of a set. She looks mournfully with sad eyebrows. Such good eyebrow work um, at her ring finger um, because we know Marco and Alana have the, the matching ring set, which helped them speak to anybody. Um, so it's really not about You know, I think what we learned, what's cool is we learned the will doesn't call them. I think the other ones call like I've heard like loony stuff or like there's like other like little uh, pejoratives. But he says uh, you speak pretty good language for a lunar type instead of like it's still he's still saying you're different, but it's not as uh, derogatory, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: he it's hard to say speaking with a little respect, but really it's his kind of version of that. But he also calls bullshit when he sees it like literally seconds later like he he nails her plot line in a very batman kind of way like Mm -hmm. no i like the minute i opened my eyes and you started talking i had you summed up like clearly this is personal and it's probably xyz and she's like no that's not it at all
1: (laughs) and then lying cat chimes in
0: yeah
1: (laughs) lying um yeah, but I do like his responses. A dead dog could have told me that the lot to the line. Yeah, <laughs> So good. Um, and so, so yeah, so there's just, it's a great interaction where you're getting these layers of who he is with it. It's, it's like, um, I don't know. You see heroes like this in Westerns who aren't racist, but they don't like anybody. Does that make sense? Yes. That's kind of what the will is. He's that kind of cowboy. Um, and, and and so we've got that – so you've got these little layers that kind of get added to to who he is, um, but then we're seeing who she is where she's got a lot – she speaks a lot. She's got a lot to say, but she's really just trying to sell the point of getting to Marco, which makes me very concerned about them meeting because in this series of killing and, and danger, like I'm not saying she's above – killing him right or killing alana um i i I, hazel i i think some people but i don't get a read in this book that she'd kill a child um especially where the plot goes but i think she could kill marco for all this craziness especially when she sees like him all you know wedded bliss with hot alana and stuff and she's like no you didn't and then kills him and like scoring lady man it could happen so anyway i'm just saying
0: no i I mean yeah uh, but she's so fun to not trust, <laughs> and I do agree. Her her, her calling out uh, like Lion Cat is just great. Like, she's just how have you not killed this thing?
1: <laughs> and I I do like the oh I've tried, and it really makes me want to see Lion Cat like get into some crap. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I assume that's coming, but, and you obviously don't tell me, but I assume we're going to see Lioncat kind of less let loose at some point. Um, but until, until then, I'm now more excited than ever after the, oh, I've tried. Um, so he's trying to bargain, say, I'll get back on the job right away. If you will give me the money basically to free the slave girl. Um, and, um, And he's like and she's like, No, haha, this is crazy. And she does sort of pulls uh pulls a what I'm gonna call it, pulls a the will and and just set like just calls up mama son and is like, here's like a whole couple lies and let's make this happen. Um and it appears to work. Um and I think it's really like I think it's really clever. I think it's very funny, um, and I like the directness of both these characters. And it also makes me wonder if we're getting potential sparks between these two.
0: Yeah, you keep talking about things that I can't comment on. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair.
1: That's fair. Um, so I will say their their uh, their directness makes me feel like maybe there's a good match in the making that they don't
0: see coming. Yeah, certainly uh, a a similar partnership uh, that. Yeah he like you can kind of see it in the the facial expressions um that he's like well i don't i've lost the stalk, but like maybe like this is enough to keep me going until i can kind of uh at least get past that you know like you lost yeah. one girlfriend so immediately you're you're in, in impressing on another and trying to you know heal that wound so I assume the smile that you referenced is in this interaction where he's listening or or watching as she calls mama son and negotiates for this little girl's life by pretending to be this, like, diplomat and saying that uh, the girl was an ex-lunar type. Um, Her horns had been cut off and, you know, how people would lose their minds if they found out they were i think she says specifically like sticking it in a filthy moony type or something like yes. that yeah and yes. then it works and then like the the expression on the will. like first it's like kind of this shock like holy shit. and then the next panel is just him smiling it's so great <laughs>
1: no yeah no i'm absolutely and and i think all that's so fun like his hopefulness and his Again, the eyebrow work is so good. He's kind of like raised eyebrows and, and happy and like, what is happening? Um, it's so good. And then that smile as she walks in front of him. I also, there's a little bit of that, like, those are the sparks happening right there.
0: Yeah. So good. It, immediately he's just so impressed with her. And so I, I I feel like it would be hard for anybody in that situation not to be like, ooh, I kind of like her because that's the way we feel like, oh, I kind of like her. And, and
1: we can all invest in no matter what the angle is of these characters saving this girl from the sextillion. Like, that's like a good thing. And so it's like where it's all mutual cause, even if she's like, let's get it over with so that we can get on with getting to Marco. It's still like, it's like we're all, yeah, like that's, this is a common goal we all need to, to accomplish. And that makes sense that we would want that. Um, so we're like rooting for her and rooting for him to get his way. Like, it's all just very good. And I like that. Let's see so then we get to the planet where the uh, the the meeting or this this epi- this episode this issue is like going by at a clip um, yeah it's
0: very very fast paced uh despite all of uh her like she's very dialogue heavy like you said but it all moves so so quick like there's no there's no lingering if if this were a disney plus show like if every episode were <laughs> like thirty-eight minutes and you're like, Man, this is this is so good. This is the one episode that you're like, holy shit, that was awesome. And then you're like, it was only twenty-eight minutes. I wanted more. Like, where's my other yes. seven minutes? Like, oh, we spent no, it on a I- dream sequence. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's true. Um, oh my gosh. yes. Yeah, so okay, so we're we're at the at the planet to pick up, or basically the gas station in the middle of nowhere to pick up um, the, uh, <clears throat> the slave girl. And I do, I do like that. Like he just calls her slave girl. It's just so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and what we get are, uh, basically you know, these, these mobster guys, I love their little suits and the
0: ones guys got like his tie. <laughs> hey, his... S- hey, slaphead head yeah. is like, I'm like, I have to find a way to incorporate that somewhere in my Into vocabulary yes i need to say a slaphead to somebody because yeah.
1: it's when your so good gets on your nerves hit her with it <laughs> she'll be so confused she won't even be mad
0: yeah because you're like is, is that an insult what is a slaphead <laughs> but it's so perfect
1: um so i do like that they that these guys uh, describe themselves as sextillion loss prevention <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um so Mama's son was on to the ruse to a degree just in case uh he was there. They brought the girl, which means that she had, you know, some doubt as to whether or not this was accurate or if it was actually uh uh the the will or or this diplomat uh woman calling and and so she brings Sin Security, these space Tommy guns, um and um they they you know, they already know that everything it's all a bluff and you know, now they're going to take him down. Um, and I love how they're like, You're going to kill us with your laser sword.
0: And he goes, uh, yeah. Ain't a sword. <laughs> yeah. I'm very diplomatic of you to leave out the derogatory term they add in there. Um, I think this is maybe the first real mm-hmm. instance of Brian K. Vaughn writing something he always wanted to see in mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars dialogue. Um, Uh Of course, in that instance, it would be a laser sword. But since he's, you know, doesn't have a laser sword, he's like, I'm going to write this dialogue I always wanted to hear in a Star Wars movie and then have the will eviscerate these people.
1: (laughs) I love the clack, 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 clack with the k cut off uh, on the page of the last clack because you know that just get it, it immediately the, the movement of how this thing extends and goes out and the like the solidness and the metalness of it the it's all like i can just feel how visceral that is that movement right and and so like i love that that's such a cool action panel uh and and explaining what this weapon's doing and then we see him in a kind of prone stance going it's a lance and the guy in the far distance is getting stabbed right through the chest with it (laughs) yep so good um so then so then kind of everything goes crazy and um he rips it up which is nuts and cuts the the line that helps that's true she she does she jumps on and is doing some chewing and then hector Hector's down by Lioncat, um, and I, he throws the the uh, the lance to to Gwendolyn. Or the will does and says, um, "Protect the girl." And so now, like he holds the cape up, very Batman-like, to protect himself from bullets. Kind of going back to my Batman conversation a few episodes back, um, and goes to take down this big guy, and it doesn't work as well as I thought it was going to work.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's such a stupid hero moment and it's absolutely something this character would do like you literally threw away your weapon because you've got to go mano a mano with the big dude uh also his cape is bulletproof that's awesome um yes and immediately like it gets grabbed by the throat (laughs) and it's gonna get choked out like what is wrong with you dude (laughs) like you threw away your weapon why? Just to prove something? Like, oh, I kind of like this girl. She impressed me. I'm gonna prove that I can beat the hell out of somebody without my sword. Like, and you almost get yourself killed. Such a man thing to do.
1: <laughs> and then she, by using a trick that uh, her ex taught her, Marco. Which, I'm assuming
0: that's the like that's the secret, right? Because you you have to tell a secret to use magic. And like it, it struck me as such a insight to her character that that is a secret. That is something she would, she has never told anybody that this is a trick her ex taught her because she is such a, like, no, like a self-defined woman. Um, it just, to me, I was like that one little thing speaks so much to her character. It's perfect.
1: No, no, you're dead, dead to rights. That's absolutely accurate. It's um, I didn't even think about that, and now I'm just like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so no, okay, cool, cool. I, 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 I I'm blowing you, blowing my mind a little bit. It's a minor thing, but I didn't even catch that, and that's really cool. Um, so we get like red lightning straight through the big guy. He's down. Um, Lioncat and the little, and the little girl are both like, whoa, as this let thunder happens. Um. And, and, but then the will gives us some information, which is interesting. Um, but not that it's, that he calls the, the. Power that she used weather casting. So that makes sense. Lightning now it's raining. Um, but he says shaves weeks off your life too. So it makes me wonder like what kind of spells take years off, right? What kind of spells are exchanged? Maybe lives. There's things there that I'm like, okay, we're getting this concept of life and, and not just a secret as you mentioned in exchange for releasing magic but now also potentially time uh, in exchange for that magic it's very interesting to me uh, and and if you know stuff you probably can't speak much to it. but i think that concept not necessarily plot wise but just in general is really interesting that in order there is has to be some exchange and in some cases it's going to be some of your life that's interesting
0: yeah um i I honestly can't remember if that's something that comes up at some point, but I I definitely feel like if it doesn't and I've or if it does and I've forgotten it or if it doesn't, it is something that that they intend to explore because magic is going to continue to be part of it because of Marco. <clears throat> um, I also like that we get this little glimpse at a uh, further glimpse, I guess, in the fact that the will, like he's not a stupid character he does Mm -hmm. stupid things a lot but um he's not stupid like he clearly knows about magic whereas we've run across several characters who just were like magic that there's no such thing as magic and right uh, including one of our main characters um and like he he's just so worldly i guess. Um, even though he is kind of a lunkhead sometimes, so <laughs> she's like, "I've never killed anybody." He's like, "You still haven't." Here's the gun. Finish it off.
1: I do like that because now, like, I think if if she's not killed before, right, um <clears throat> this now bonds them in a way that maybe he's not taking, he might be taking like into account, but might not be. Um, and and I think that if she hasn't actually done it, that um, she's got a taste for it. She's got a another smile a wicked smile she looks down to shoot the guy who's saying please don't um and i feel like they're sort of becoming more and more in partnership through this moment of murder um which isn't like some big tragic thing he's a terrible person you know the the sex planet loss prevention guy not a big deal in my mind
0: yeah
1: Um, (laughs) but um so then we cut to um to uh, the will's ship um and our little girl's asleep um and with lion cat which is really nice and kind of fun i love how like the tail's wrapped up it's totally like they're bonding
0: such a sweet, yeah it's such a sweet moment in a book filled with <laughs> so much death and violence and it, it's great so
1: so we see that and um i love how gwendolyn says she's finally down like there's something maternal there too so she's not just like this tough, let's kill Marco, let's kill the sex, you know, bad guys. Let's like, she's like, uh, she's done something, you know, she's helped get her to sleep where to now. Um, and then, um, he's talking about bringing her back to her planet. Um, and she is just like, yeah, uh, Gwendolyn being, she is like, no way, no way. That's so crazy. But here's the thing that stood out to me on that last panel on the first page back in his ship, she calls him will not the will. She calls him Will. And that that the being dropped, because in this weird world, there's made a point where they call him the Will. Like nobody's calling him Will. Like it's the Will, right? And I feel like that proves further their bond through what they've just experienced. And as much as she wants to get to business, like this partnership is happening now in this moment of dropping the V. Does
0: that make yeah, sense? For, yes, for both of them. Because he is... Like that, that article is something that he's earned. So mm-hmm. he is the type who, if somebody he do, he does not want to be informal with him, he will correct them. Like yep, there's he just will. Mm-hmm. He's the will. So uh, yeah, him allowing it to happen and her doing it does speak to that. The bond, absolutely, and you know, kind of furthers the like, oh, is that this is a blossoming possible uh, romantic relationship as well?
1: Totally, absolutely. Um, so I thought that was I really that stood out to me pretty heavily. Um, and then we get um, uh, so sort of like uh, Cindy Lou Who uh, whispering from the background, ma'am, and she says, "Excuse me, but your necklace sounds sad." And I'm going to tell you right now, man. In this moment, I went. I know that the God thing at the beginning in the dream, when she says her name is God, but that's really more or less like, like it's used as out kind of a joke of like pulling the punchline of like this is all just a dream. Um, it makes me immediately. I'm like, what is she, like? what can she do who is she what's her deal um and so thought that was really interesting and in that vibe kind of calling back to that god moment even if she's just more than human right um, which obviously by hearing that she's magic of some sort that's really intriguing to me um so i'm very interested to find out more about uh slave girl but i also am interested in the fact that they're both like uh well that gwendolyn who is used to magic is like go back to sleep <laughs> and And the Will is like, what did you hear? Hold up. Like, that's – I love that. It's such a varied experience that would change your reaction, right, to what she's saying. And I like how that's demonstrated in that moment.
0: Yeah, this whole trio, uh, it's – like. There's so many, like, weird kind of tropes that, that they've pulled from different things. Like, it was brought up in a previous issue. Like, this whole idea of him, like, saving the girl. Like, for what reason? You know, like, it, it feels very, uh, like, the professional or something like that. Um, uh-huh. But also, like, in a matter of uh, a few pages, they've created this weird... Uh, kind of parallel family dynamic that we have with Marco and Alana and Hazel. Um, and we've talked a lot about like gender roles being flipped and like played with. But in this specific dynamic, like the maternal, the the female is the maternal figure. The male is like intelligent but also like not emotionally intelligent. Because like his whole idea of like, well, we just take her back to her family and like, dude, like, how the hell do you think she got here to begin with? Like, you can't just take her back, you know, and the roles become kind of more uh, stereotypical with these three people. And then, oh, wait, this girl probably has some special powers and the mother is just like, oh maternal figures it's like oh okay well like try to go get some sleep and the paternal figure is like how can i use this (laughs) like it becomes very stereotypical but also furthers the plot like it's it's just so damn well written which i know we say a lot but
1: no 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 you're i mean we do say it but it's but it's absolutely accurate and um it's good stuff i mean it's just it's just good stuff um okay so let's see what we've got here um we're almost at the end of our issue um you know they're speaking to her she's she can tell that they're not far from where they are um and it's the the rings the engagement rings um that we've heard about that we've been you know slowly the seeds have been planted this is not something we put out as a beacon of like if they could find the rings like the, we didn't know anyone was on the hunt for the rings just that he did the typical trope of like these rings were meant for a different relationship, but now they're in this one. Like, and but they were extremely important. Um, and the will asks the little girl, "Do you know uh, where they are now?" And she points, just like Mama's son with the gun at the beginning of the uh, issue, points straight at the reader or the writer and says, "That away."
0: Yeah, it's such yeah. a good bookend, like to start and end the issue with like a a moment of violence, a gun pointed at the screen, and then just this innocent little girl pointed at the screen um, with everybody kind of just looking in the camera. Um, It's such a great, just bookended moment. So, uh, perfect. It's a damn near perfect issue, which, I mean, I feel like most every issue has been, but... it's so good that it wasn't until after the second time that I read it that I realized, oh, holy shit, there wasn't a single bit of Hazel narration in this whole issue. So,
1: oh, wow, yeah, it's because I guess we never see the parents at all, so it never crosses over. That didn't occur to me either.
0: Oh. Yeah. Huh. um, And, and that's, uh, it has to be a first. Like I almost every is. issue has opened with Hazel narration. So, yeah
1: huh, I can't you, you've done a good job this week, sir. Pointing out some things I didn't notice that the the magic the the secret thing is really good, but I did not I did not notice the hazel, but you know what I'll speak to on that is that I think that's that is the power of um this this issue and and the storytelling at play because it is so entertaining and so captivating that um, that it just uh like I don't know, it just works.
0: Yeah, they abandoned almost everything that had been set up to propel the book forward and created this. I mean, it's not a bottle issue, um, but it kind of is like you were talking about TV shows like Breaking Bad, you know, doing bottle episodes take place in one place. Um, And, you know, those wind up being standout episodes because of things like that. Um, So they just stripped down all the stuff that was propelling it forward and crafted this entirely different story, but also, you know, with the same heart to it. And, yeah, it's just this would be the if this were a TV series, this would be the episode that gets submitted, you know, the the one that wins. Yeah, the one that wins the awards because all the episodes are great, but this one. Just stands out so much.
1: I do agree, and I think it's funny. um, Apps, as I always, for whatever reason, do just turn one more page. Um, I've learned my six-year-old is very much like this when we read. Because can you just tell me the name of the next chapter that we're going to read tomorrow? But then it's like, can you just read me the first
0: page, right? Feel like I have to see the next cover.
1: So yeah, I, honestly, yes. But what ends up happening is that I see like the first page of the next issue because that's how mine's set up. You turn it, you see the cover, and then the opening page of the issue is uh, is opposite it. And yeah. so I, 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 I'm just going to say this out loud. I think we, sh- we should track the, the male thirst trap theme of the current covers and issues. <laughs> so I don't know if you've seen that next issue, um, but we'll be talking more about how hot everybody is in this series I think next week.
0: Um yeah that's not something the book ever really shies away from you know it own with either gender you know so, so do you know
1: what do you know if i if i call somebody crunchy do you know what that is like do you know what i mean
0: no i'm not up on that parlance
1: so it's basically like people who Whole Foods is not healthy enough for them, and they go, like, the extra mile everywhere. They probably, like, grow their own mushrooms for immunity, like, in their backyard, and they're super crunchy. Wear hemp, things like that. And so uh, what I've decided is, and we can, as a tease for next next week's uh, episode, is that Marco is essentially crunchy Brad Pitt from Fight Club.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if this, if this comic were around in the early eighties and they were trying to adapt it, uh, for live action, Brad Pitt would probably be the, oh, Brad Pitt's gotta play Marco. Like, I I can totally see that. Also, the bullet train looks fucking phenomenal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it looks super fun. You were, you were absolutely dead on dead to rights about how fun that looked. Um and so so no that's uh it's good stuff um uh so yeah so let's um i, I mean we're wrapping up we that issue really went as a at a clip we usually shoot for about an hour about 12 minutes earlier um so how are you doing with the podcast how are you doing with brian k vaughn and saga it's been a long time for you since you've gone through these early issues um, and i know we're breaking them down but in general are you feeling are you uh, into the series more? The same? Is it just as good as it's always been? What's how's it going for you?
0: Um, I, I think that I'm enjoying this reread more than any other, uh, mainly because I'm forcing myself to um, just take my time with it. Uh, all my rereads of Saga have come like it's never a book that I followed month to month. I would literally wait for you know six issues to pile up and then comb through the whole series like so that's why I reread it multiple times because every six to ten months I would just reread the whole series um so forcing myself to just take it issue by issue and like break it all down before we even talk about it um yeah it's really solidifying itself as I'm pretty confident that when we're done it will definitively be my favorite comic book series of all time um it's gonna be tough to beat preacher i do love preacher so much but like we i've never done an issue by issue breakdown of preacher so
1: um, i mean this could, that could be a future project and, and take it from your pers- like you walk me through it because i've never read it you've given me the issues i've not taken the time to do it um and so that would be that could be a fun thing so you guys like rate and review this podcast to give us incentive to do another one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're, we're in for several years of talking about Brian K. on. So, um, I'm just well, saying right, I could we'll
1: do, see. I could do two train tracks at once. If, us uh, if people were like rating and review us and reviewing yeah. us on all the podcatchers that they listen to.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you give us money, we could do this forever and yeah. a lot more. <laughs> give us a reason to
1: start a Patreon folks. It's all we're saying. <laughs>
0: Um, we did have a review. Uh, I don't know if you saw. On no it. way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel Not good.
1: you no, it's breathing.
0: it's a good review, but uh, it's from someone that I know, so it feels very.
1: Uh... Oh, oh no! Don't say anything. <laughs> then I'll find it. Hold on, hold on. Well, I'll find it, and then I can do it. Um, what is our podcast? Just kidding. I know what our podcast is. Um,
0: it would be funny. I don't if know I was... if we have any on Spotify. I only ever check Apple.
1: Let's see how do i find
0: and i don't spotify. know is everybody are we still mad at spotify did the ukraine kind of just squash like all of our like collective internet like pissiness about everything else
1: you know i i have no idea honestly i have no idea but it's not that that's not warranted obviously no yeah is. no but i I don't know. I think that in the in the great podcast wars of of twenty twenty two, I think Sam Elliott going off on Mark Marin and about oh Power God. of the Dog, <laughs> <laughs> may have taken up the podcast chatter.
0: It's, it's like even if I agreed with him, because I still didn't finish that movie. It just wasn't doing anything for me. Um, it just felt like a labor. Um, even if I, I know who this with is him. on
1: the review, I know who this is on the. review. <laughs> This is my arch nemesis, right? (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) All right. I'm not going to give him his name. Because he's right, so this is what this this is this is the the review. He says, "Enjoy it, um, even though I have no idea what they're talking about." Which is super kind that you listen and you don't know what we're talking about. Logan and Spencer are loving doing this pod, and it shows. Uh, and that's I that's I I feel that on my side, so I'm glad that it shows uh, on the listener side. Um, and then he says, "Logan was the running back, Jamal Anderson," which is a hundred percent who it was that we were talking about. Um, and he said, referring to episode three, saga number two. That is that is absolutely. absolutely, Absolutely who we were talking about from the Falcons Um, because anyway, yes, good, good job. I have not thought about his name since basically Michael Vick. So um, very cool. Uh, Thank you, Jacob. Very kind uh, to be listening and not reading along. We should we should give who has time. He has kids. It's very difficult. But We should gift him Saga so he can read them. Does he have an iPad? uh,
0: I don't think so. He won't read the Star Wars comics. I don't think he's going to read Saga.
1: No. Well,
0: and true. he does a Star wars podcast, which f y i if you are not recent on the comics, holy shit dude good, yeah, uh most of them um I still don't like the high republic stuff, um but it's taken well, so yeah, um, so they're relaunching, I think when dark Horse takes the titles back um the crimson uh rain stuff is yeah. pretty damn good the latest issue of crimson rain is literally all about like the this this whole idea of like how did the jedi become a legend that people don't believe in uh oh, cool. in, in a span That's like of, the like, big
1: question how does that happen
0: it, it lays it literally lays it down and you're like of course that makes perfect perfect sense Like, for uh, Charles Soule, man, like, some stuff I'm like, I I don't like this dude. And then some things I'm like, holy shit, this guy's incredible. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It breaks my brain. The way they laid it out is, it just made so much sense. And, like, why did I never think about it this way? Yeah, it's great. Can't wait. Um,
1: Um, No, I'm picking it up, but I'm still behind, so I'm picking it up while trying to read ahead I did read the first issue of the Han Solo and Chewbacca series Because that just came out and it stands separate from all that, so it's easier to just jump in It's good Um, Yeah, it's a fun little riff is what it feels like to me
0: I don't think they quite have Han's voice down Like the dialogue doesn't quite feel like Han Solo to me But it's still good
1: yeah, it's 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 Han Solo adjacent, if that makes yeah. sense.
0: Yeah, it it, wow. it I should say it feels like the Aaron Alden Reich Han Solo does not feel like Harrison Ford Han Solo.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Um yeah, totally. I do love the in the flashback. It it's sort of the art is more tailored to Aaron Reich yeah and it's interesting i don't know i just like i i, I think in the and we, we should get off all of this because this is not a star wars podcast but i think in the uh upcoming uh shadow of kenobi and the embracing of all of the star wars things that series is probably going to do that i'm like yeah let's just give it all a big hug because you know what we are all ultimately even those screaming about star wars glad that we have star wars
0: yeah it's like it's it's yeah, that, the toxic fandom of really anything just needs to fucking die. Like, if you don't like it, that's fine. But you do not need, like, if this is your cause, Jesus, man, find another cause. There are people who are dying, like, and you're screaming about how they fucked up Star Wars for you. I don't care, man. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> like, hey, side note, not about any of this. But
1: I have—I don't know if you caught this. We have two five-star ratings.
0: Um, no, but I—I I rated it five stars, so one of them. Might oh, be that's me. you and Jacob.
1: <laughs> oh. oh. now we have three. I can do it too. <laughs> I should put a written review. I love my own pod. Check it out.
0: Um. I—I uh, I probably shouldn't be so open about that. Be like, yeah, we're doing. No, great. whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> people doing podcasts they they all know that people listen to pocket we all know that it's not that magical we do what you do until you can catch on a little
0: bit so i i, I listen to so many podcasts that i never write it and reviewed i feel like the fact that my podcasts don't get rated and reviewed is definite karma <laughs>
1: <laughs> i definitely uh think you should fix that because it's my podcast too so your karma's hurting me um but also i've listened to the same podcast for so long that i reviewed them so long ago they asked for reviews and i'm like i already did it like i don't know how to help anymore <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: <We're> <laughs> and terrible. i just
1: i want no i'm saying like i want to help i just i've did it i did it like eight years ago and i can't change my podcast listening
0: and you can so, add another review game
1: I think you can, like, update yours or something like that. Oh. And so I guess I could do that, but that feels like a waste of time. When they when they ask me for update your reviews along with adding reviews, if you haven't done one, I will update my
0: review. Oh, yeah, they need to be specific.
1: I, I think so. <laughs> look. Look, we, look, I guess I should just, yeah, whatever. I give up. I'm a bad fan, and that's why we have bad fans. Our karma comes to get us. Um, but we're
0: not toxic fans <laughs> That's No, not at
1: all Big difference My my cosplay would look terrible But I am there for it, you know um, So, Logan, tell people where they can find you
0: around the Hope, internet We we totally missed the part Favorite panel We'll do it quick. Oh,
1: favorite panel Oh, yeah, easily
0: for me I feel me. like we have the same one. <laughs> oh, you do? But, What's your favorite ahead.
1: panel? You go first
0: I, I mean, his smile is so... Fucking charming. (laughs) Like it's hard not. It's it's such a small panel, but it's hard for it not to be my favorite panel.
1: It's definitely mine too. The eyebrow work in this whole issue is just so good, and that's just such. And it's also like I don't think we're going to see him do that much, so it's a rare moment. It felt like a little treat like yeah it like and so yeah that's absolutely mine as well my runner up would be the uh the panel because i continue to love her planets uh, of sextillion with like the stars and the hearts floating around it um i, I think that's such a great cool colorful panel of planets that that's my runner up
0: yeah i think mine would be that whole page where he's like it's it's a lance it's such a yeah. it, there's not even any faces in that page really like it's just the lance work so it's the, just the
1: clack 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 is also great i think we got to watch out because we'll end up having like top 10 panels of every issue by the time yeah. we're like mm, so but but yeah that's uh, i'm with you all that stuff's great
0: she, fiona staples does such a good job of making you feel that lance move like it, it's yeah. just it's so damn good so But we say that about every issue. So Um, (laughs) you can find everything I do over at all the podcasts I do over at xwingfiles.com. And you can find my writing over at com.
1: Very cool. And you can find me on Twitter at film dispenser, like a Pez dispenser, but for movies, feel free. My DMs are open. If you want to talk saga, have questions for the pod, I'm happy to take those and answer them. Just no spoilers, please, because I am not caught up and I'm enjoying that experience. Um, and I am going week to week. I usually read them about 24 to 48 hours before we podcast. So i like, I'm really am like week to week on this. So um, no spoilers. But anyway, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> please rate and review our podcast and re-review it if you can. <laughs> And <laughs> we would appreciate it Um, But either way, just keep listening We like that, Um and we like doing this So thank you for being a part of it, and y'all have a great week matter, The casualties after the intergalactic battles This little child slept through If life is a story, then mine a saga
0: And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you